how many of you enjoy conviction? Y'all gave me the exact answer that I thought I would get back. Conviction is not one of those enjoyable things, but it is absolutely one of those necessary things. And a lot of people, when we think about a sense of revival breaking out, we think of a sense of joy, of ecstaticness, of freedom, and all those things are a part of it, but that's all precursed by deep conviction deep repentance and the joy and the ecstatic and the freedom and the liberty is a response coming out of the conviction and the repentance and the realization that the blood of Jesus does not lead us into wrath and judgment but mercy and grace and forgiveness so then comes the joy then comes the worship then comes the freedom then comes the liberty so we can't run from conviction it is necessary And I say that tonight just based off of how Natalie ended her prayer just then, the context of the series that we are in, dealing with these idols in our lives, knowing that these messages can be very, very convicting. They can be very, very difficult to work through, but it is a necessary conviction that we need, and we should thank God when he brings it into our lives. So prepare yourselves, Ecclesiastes, Chapter 2, we're going to grow in our wisdom tonight, and Ecclesiastes is a prime place to do just that. The series is Pearls for Pigs, in which we are learning to identify and confront the idols of our life that maybe don't look the same as they did in biblical times, but they still exist nonetheless. And as we find ourselves in the book of Ecclesiastes, we see the author, who is King Solomon, battling an idol in his life one that I've got a feeling will be all too familiar to our lives as well, that being the idol of entertainment. So, as we enter into the text, Solomon is locked in this inner battle with the idol of entertainment, and his experience, I believe, gives us some very practical insight of how this idol manifests itself as well as the pitfalls that it produces. So, are you ready for the word tonight? Touch somebody next to you, point to Ecclesiastes chapter 2, and tell them, check it out. Check this out. Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 1, Solomon speaks, and he says, I said in my heart, come now, I will test you with pleasure. Enjoy yourself. But behold, this also was a vanity. I said of laughter, it is mad, and of pleasure, what use is it? I searched with my heart how to cheer my body with wine. My heart's still guiding me with wisdom, which I feel like is a questionable statement for Solomon in some regards, but we'll get to that. And how to lay hold on folly, till I might see what was good for the children of man to do under heaven during the few days of their life. I made great works. I built houses and planted vineyards for myself. I made myself gardens and parks and planted in them all kinds of fruit trees. I made myself pools from which to water the forest of growing trees. I bought male and female slaves and had slaves who were born in my house. I had also great possessions of herds and flocks, more than any who had before me in Jerusalem. 
Also gathered for myself silver and gold and the treasure of kings and provinces. I got singers, both men and women, and many concubines, the delight of the sons of man. So I became great and surpassed all who were before me in Jerusalem. Also my wisdom remained with me. Whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. I kept my heart from no pleasure. For my heart found pleasure in all my tool, and this was my reward for all my tool. Then I considered all that my hands had done and the toil I had expended in doing it, and behold, all was vanity and a striving after wind, and there was nothing to be gained under the sun. Subject of our message tonight, we're going to call E-News, because I know that God wants to give us some news pertaining to entertainment. People love to be entertained, and in many ways, entertainment has become something that we demand. And you can see this going all the way back to the earliest centuries of mankind's existence. You find entertainment being held at a high premium. Kings would have court jesters, and that was their sole profession, was to entertain the king at the risk of their own lives. Either make me laugh or have your head chopped off. Now, these people, their whole profession was based off of the entertainment business. Later on, we see Rome build the Colosseum for entertainment purposes, where these gladiators and these warriors would put their lives on the line day in and day out, surrounded by an arena of people either cheering or booing at the expense of their own entertainment. Later on, the Olympics are formed, where we get to see the best athletes in the world compete at their sports, their profession that they excelled in all for the sake of the entertainment of the world as we watch them compete. And our modern day is no different. Entertainment still holds a high premium. As a matter of fact, some of you might know Cedric the Entertainer. It's so premium that he saw it as a need to put it as a part of his stage name. We've built our own coliseums as well. They look like stadiums and arenas. The title of my message even tonight is a play off an actual news outlet and TV channel based solely on entertainment. My question is, has entertainment perhaps gotten too high? Is it at too much of a premium in our lives? And what happens when entertainment of various forms becomes an idol that takes over our heart? That's when it becomes dangerous. And it's dangerous in this sense because we then begin to plan and prioritize our lives around whatever that specific form of entertainment is. It becomes the height of our anticipation. It becomes the height of our excitedness. It becomes the thing that we look forward to the most as being present in our lives. And essentially, it's what we begin to live for. That my dear brothers and sisters, is the epitome of an idol. So let's talk entertainment for a moment. I want to show you a couple of truths about this idol and the places that it will take you and the false promises that it makes. And the first one is this, is that it presents enjoyment, but it leaves empty. If you go back to verse 1, as Solomon begins to inform us of this discourse he is going to embark on. He says, I said in my heart, come now, I will test you with pleasure. I will test you with 
entertainment. Enjoy yourself. But behold, this also was a vanity. So at the beginning of the chapter, Solomon decides to test his heart with pleasure, to test it with entertainment, with the purpose of finding enjoyment in it. He literally tells his heart, heart, we're going to do this, and the reason why we're going to do this is because I want you to enjoy yourself. Entertainment revolves around enjoyment. Things that we don't find enjoyable, guess what? You're not going to find them entertaining. And so this entire idol is built off of the things that we enjoy, the things that entertain us the most. So these are the things that you are going to find. These are the experiences that you're going to find to be the most pleasurable in your life. Now get ready. I told you all earlier, get ready because some of us have really got some things that we enjoy. I got some things that I really enjoy. And we're going to strike at the heart of these things tonight. Entertainment revolves around enjoyment. Things we don't find enjoyable, we don't find entertaining. Now hear me say this. Just like with achievement a couple of weeks ago, there's nothing wrong with entertainment. It is okay to have hobbies. It is okay to have things that entertain you. It is okay to have things that you enjoy doing. Now, I know some of you, after last week's message, let me know that you have plans to sell your house and your car and all that stuff. And I get that. I do 100%. But it's okay to have those things. It's okay to have entertainment in our lives. As a matter of fact, why do you think that God gave us the ability to laugh and to be amused? In 1 Timothy 6, 7, he actually tells us that God richly provides us with everything to enjoy. So God is not anti-enjoyment. God is not anti-entertainment. He wants us to enjoy life, not endure it. As a matter of fact, Christ said, I came that you may have life and have it abundant. Heaven's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. But God says, you as my people ought to really enjoy your life here. I'm looking forward to heaven one day. I am, 100%. But I don't look forward to death. And I think sometimes we get that mixed up in church. We're like, well, Christians shouldn't fear death. You know, we shouldn't. And we shouldn't. But at the same time, Jesus still sees death as an enemy. The last one, he says, to be overcome. So death's not something like we, we walk into, but I can't wait to die one day. I get to, that's the sooner I get to be with heaven. Okay, I get that. But at the same time, as believers, as salt and life on this earth, we should be giving them a model example of what real life looks like. And that's a life that's enjoyed, not endured. Too many Christians walk around just... Enjoy your life. I can't that you may have life and have it abundant. God richly provides us with everything to enjoy. In Christ, everything about this life, the things that you enjoy in this life, ought to get even better with Christ. That's not the problem. Entertainment becomes a problem when we seek meaning in life through its pleasures without God. That's when it becomes an issue. It becomes an idol that then begins to steal our affection from God. Why? Because his presence is absent in that thing. And when this happens, the entertainment idol pulls the old bait and switch on us. It presents enjoyment, but it leaves you empty. 
Look at what all Solomon did. He says, I decided I'm going to try and find meaning behind entertaining myself. And he runs a gauntlet of things that fit that narrative. He says, I'll try partying. He says, I brought in comedians. I tried to, to learn how to cheer my heart with wine. So he says, we're going we're gonna to have the entertainment. We're going to have the jokesters come in. We're going to have live shows at the house every night. We're going to get the booze out. And we're going to have a big old time. It was Solomon's house every night. That was the pad. That was the place to be. He had the live bands, the live music, all that stuff, the, the greatest entertainers of his time. He got out the finest liquor because he could afford it. and said, we're going to try this and see if there ain't something to be enjoyed in that. Everybody keeps talking about all the parties seen and stuff like that, how they seem to live it up every single weekend. We're going to go into that a little bit and see if that's what it's about. He says, well, I tried partying. I tried to cheer my life with alcohol. I'd get blackout drunk. I'd wake up the next day, and we'd do it all over again. I tried it and tried it and tried it. After he got done partying, apparently there was nothing there for him. He said, you know what? I'm going to move to projects. I'm going to build houses. I'm going to take up that hobby. I'm going to get into real estate. I'm going to get into contract work. I'm going to build me some big old houses. I'm going to plant some immaculate gardens. I'm going to have the nicest vineyards. Solomon got into the, got into the homestead in a little bit. And he said, I'm going to do all these things, and I'm going to pull my worth into that. I'm going to see if there's any enjoyment, if there's any entertainment found in that. He digs out these reservoirs. He says, I'm going to, if I'm going to have the nicest garden, well, I've got to have water because, you know, famines can get bad in these biblical times. So he digs out these huge, beautiful lakes and reservoirs to water his gardens with, and he pours his heart and soul into the projects, and apparently that doesn't work either. And so he moves on to performance. And then you get down to the, to the bottom part of this. He says, I, I bring in all these male and these female servants. And I'm going to have a choir. We're going to have live singing all the time. And then he says, I'm going to bring in the concubines. And because I know we've got some little ears in here tonight, most of you adults can understand what that is. And if you don't, you can see me afterwards and talk about it. Solomon says, we've got to get some ladies up in here. And he tacks on to the end of that. He says, at the end of, of verse 8, we're going to bring in some ladies, the delight of the sons of man. He said, that's where it's at. He's like, I'm going to bring some good-looking women in here, and that's, what I, that's going to be enjoyable. That's going to be my entertainment. That's what I'm going to find my worth in. All these things he fills his life with. And for a while, for a while, verse 10 gives us a clue about the fact that he enjoyed these things. So look at what he says after he does all. He says, whatever my eyes desires, did not keep from them. I kept my heart from no pleasure, for my heart found pleasure in all my toil, and this was my reward. So he says, for a while, he enjoyed these things. For a while, he enjoyed the partying. For a while, he enjoyed the boozing. For a while, he enjoyed building the houses. He enjoyed the real estate. He enjoyed pouring his heart and soul into planting gardens and vineyards and digging out lakes. And for a while, he enjoyed the, the live music. He enjoyed the ladies. He enjoyed doing all those things. He saw all this as pleasure. He saw it all as entertainment. My heart found pleasure in all my toil, and this was my reward. It was fun for a little bit. We treat... We treat entertainment like it's a right sometimes. 
As I say that, I want to specifically talk to us men right here for a minute. Because I feel like we are, we are more likely to fall victim to this idol as anyone. We treat entertainment like it's a right sometimes, don't we men? And just in case you don't agree with me, then tell me if you don't find this attitude existing in your life at times. Well, you know what? I work hard. I work five days, six days, seven days a week. I work hard to provide for my family. If I want to go golf, I'm going to go golf. If I want to go fish, I'm going fishing. If I want to go hunt, I'm going hunting. If I want to go to the ball game on the weekends when I got a free moment, I'm going to go to the ball game. That's what I'm doing because that's something I enjoy. And I work way too hard the vast majority of my life than I do some of the things that I enjoy. And I know us men, I can talk to y'all like men for a minute. This is almost like a mini men's conference just for a few moments, so just hang with me. I like talking to men. Us men, we treat our leisure quite seriously. Like it is a premium in our lives. It's the things that we'll spend the most money on. It's the things that we will plan and prepare for the most. We will carve out weeks, even months in advance for one specific enjoyable, leisurable activity and plan and hype it up like it is the return of Jesus coming back. We'll talk about it for months. We'll start group texts and all kinds of other things based off that one leisurely enjoyable activity. Listen to me, man. And if we aren't careful because entertainment is our right, because we work and I deserve this, if we aren't careful, we'll start dumping all of our worth into that thing because we think in it we are finding fulfillment and satisfaction. I'm enjoying myself. And then listen, this is where it doubles down and gets worse. We start enjoying ourselves at the expense of others. So in the midst of us enjoying ourselves, our family is suffering. Now, I'm providing for them, Trey. You're wrong about that. You're right. You're providing, but you're not present. You're giving people a roof over their head. You're providing a way for your kids to be successful. That's fine. That's great. But in the midst of all that, what else is getting sacrificed? It's my right to enjoy these things. Family starts to suffer. And then the other half of this is that your spiritual life begins to suffer. Jesus gets put on the back end as well. And I know it's tough. And I've had to work through these things. I have to work through these things twice as much. Because I have to do this preparation before I come in here and speak it to y'all. And as I'm preparing, God is convicting. And even as I'm preaching, God is convicting all over you. All these things I got in my life that I'm struggling with, that I put all my worth in, that I put all my time and energy and resources and effort in, because I work and I deserve to have some time to myself. And you do, 100%. You got to get away. You got to have some free time. You need some hobbies to pour yourself into. You got to disconnect from all the, the stresses and worries and demands of life that we as men wear. But listen, is that causing Christ to suffer in your life? Is that causing your family to suffer in your life? Because you're more present in your entertainment than you are in your home. 
is something worth diagnosing. And the reason why it's so important that we do so is because this ultimately leads to emptiness. Solomon said it was fun for a while. You cannot overlook the for a while. It was fun for a while. But it ultimately led to emptiness because in verse 11 he said, I considered all that my hands had done and the toil that I expended in doing it, and I came to this conclusion that it was what? Vanity. The striving after the wind. It was no value to it. That's the bait and switch. It's that I thought I would enjoy it, but now that I've given myself to it, I feel empty from it. That's exactly what the idol of entertainment does. It pitches itself out there like it is full of worth and satisfaction and fulfillment, and then you throw yourself headlong into it, and one day you wake up and you look around and you say, this isn't anything like I thought it was going to be. This partying wasn't anything like I thought it was going to be. All these home projects and all this building, this stuff up in my life, isn't anything like I thought it was going to be. All this promiscuous sex and running around, the relationships, all the non-commitment, it isn't anything like I thought it was going to be. It's just empty. I don't know what your entertainment idol is. Maybe it's TV, Netflix, movies, parties, music, gaming, outdoors, phone, social media, whatever. These things can be enjoyable, but when they become God, they'll always leave you empty. Here's where this particular idol becomes very dangerous and ugly when it gets set up in our hearts because here comes your second truth. It promises life, but in reality, it takes life. In verse 10, he said, Whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. I kept from my heart no pleasure. My heart found pleasure in all my toil, and this was my reward for all of it. I considered all my hands had done, the toil I expended doing it. Behold, all was vanity, or striving after the wind. There was nothing to be gained. For a moment, Solomon thought he could find life through the enjoyment of entertainment. And that through those things, satisfaction and fulfillment might could be found, but at the end he described it as a striving, a chasing after the wind. You ever tried to catch the wind before? The past two days would have been a good opportunity for you to try. Imagine how foolish it looks. If you were to walk out in the parking lot and you saw a whole group of people just running full speed, just swatting and grabbing at the air, like, what are you doing? I'm trying to catch the wind. You'd be like, I think they have medicine for that, like a... It looks ridiculous. Why? Because you can't catch wind. It's not something that you can grab. It's not something you can bottle up and take home with you. Solomon found there was nothing of lasting permanent value or satisfaction to be gained from these things. It was really just a waste of time in some ways. That's the comparison that he's making. He said, your pursuit of all these things, me pouring my heart and my soul and my life into all these things, is like me running around trying to chase the wind. It was pointless and useless the entire time and nothing but a waste of my time. I wish I'd have never given myself over into these things to the extent that I did. What Solomon found was that the pursuit of these things was taking life away from him. And this is what I want to show you. This is how entertainment is taking life away from us. Whether you realize it or not, it is robbing you of your life on this earth when you give yourself over to it. So look at these numbers. The numbers tell us that around 4.8 billion social media users on the platforms combined today. That's like 59, 58% of the entire world's population, and they spend at least four hours a day 
networking across those platforms. Four hours. On top of that, the numbers tell us that the average person spends five hours a day watching TV, mindlessly sitting in front of that glowing tube, soaking it all in. Average person, five hours a day. Beyond that, people spend an average of eight and as much as 12 hours a week playing video games. And professionals tell us that right now they would assess that one out of every 10 kid is clinically addicted to them. And so let me, let me talk to the young people in the room just for a second. I want you to see this. So, so I would say like most of us adults in this room, not, not everybody, maybe some of you, but most of us adults are probably out of the gaming phase. We don't spend a whole lot of time on it. Now, some of you probably do. That's fine. Or is it fine? <laughs> but look at this. Look at this. You, you, a lot of our youth students, young adults, I, I think a lot of the first three kind of apply. All right, so let's say that you, you're an average social media user, four hours a day. You're an average person as far as your TV watching goes, five hours a day. You're, you spend, let's say you're going to spend on the low end of the average eight hours gaming. That is 17 hours out of your 24, and you spend the next seven just getting the average night's sleep. All on entertainment? All on stuff to fill your mind with absolute nothing with? The last stat says that in general, people spend five hours a day in some form of leisure. Now, some of you might be thinking, I ain't got time for that much leisure. I don't know what these people are doing. But add it up. You watch TV. You get on social media. You hunt, you fish, you golf, you whatever. You shop, ladies. I don't, I'm kind of lacking on the lady leisure stuff. I don't know what y'all do. Read. I don't know. Online shop. Whatever you do, listen to me. This idol, it will steal away your life. One Netflix series at a time. One post at a time. One gaming session at a time. One round of golf at a time. One party at a time. When entertainment becomes your idol, you'll binge on streaming platforms, but never binge on the Bible. You'll spend hours trying to catch a green fish, but never go out and fish for men. You'll tell the entire storyline and plot of the Star Wars saga, but you'll go blank trying to explain the storyline of the gospel. You'll post about God, but you'll never sit with God. I hear people say all the time, well, Trey, you know, God can use social media. I agree he can, 100%. But I also know one day he will primarily use Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Snapchat, and YouTube to show us just how much life we wasted. I'm not saying that you're a sinner for enjoying Netflix or watching TV or using social media to do all those things. Going fishing, playing golf, shopping. I'm just asking you to consider if you have an idol. Here's the news on entertainment. It's this. If you allow it to become an idol, it will leave you empty and lifeless. Solomon said, all was vanity. A chasing after the wind. We've got to understand, we've got to understand the balance. Entertainment isn't evil, but it isn't essential either. There's gospel work to be done. 
I don't know what Jesus and the disciples did for leisure. I don't know if they even had leisure. You never see them sitting around playing cards. The only time they went fishing was to feed themselves or other people. You never see them playing a pickup basketball game or anything like that or just sitting around having a tailgate before game day or whatever. And you got to hear me, there's a balance. I'm not trying to say we can't enjoy these things, but I'm saying they're not essential. They can be cut down in our lives. I think they're far, far too existent when there's gospel work to be done. Listen, there is an account that will be given of what we did with our time while we were here. And we could all better steward ourselves toward eternal matters over entertaining matters. How many people, and it's not, it's not y'all, I'm, I'm yelling at y'all, giving y'all the business like y'all are the ones doing it, but how many people, they, they just dip out on church every Sunday to go to the lake, to go hit the golf course, to sleep in or whatever, to catch up on their shows, how many people? Guys, how many men? I got, a, I got a soft spot in my heart for this message tonight for us men because I feel like this is a huge attack of the devil. You know what? He wants us to become, he wants us to become absolutely infatuated with leisure because you know what it does? It makes you lazy. You know what God primarily put the man in the garden to do? Work. So he wraps us up with this stuff. Five hours of our day on average spent in leisure time. Men, come on. We got friends, we got buddies that we know they are putting Jesus behind them to enjoy these silly, flippant, temporary things of the world. Eternity is way too long. Our lives are way too short. We got all of eternity to kick back in heaven when the work's done. I don't know what we're going to do. We're going to play golf. I don't know. We're going to fish. I don't know. I know we're going to praise Jesus. Here's the thing. If we're going to have leisure... If we're going to have entertainment to be evident in our lives, we've got to take Jesus with us into those places. That's fine. Go play golf. But take a lost buddy with you. That's fine. Go fishing. Put a lost friend in your boat. Ray Newcomb, I ran him past a few years ago. I'll never forget it. He said, I go fishing all the time. My boat's called Visitation. Because I take a lost friend out there with me, and it's a captive audience. He can't go anywhere for eight hours while we're fishing. Use your entertainment as a platform for the gospel. Use it for the glory of God. At the end of it all, at the end of Ecclesiastes, the end of the book, very end, chapter 12, Solomon says this, For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. Give an account. You got an idol of entertainment in your life? You